And welcome to On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I'm Guy Sakalakis, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Today, we are recording live from the ABA Tech Show 2022 in beautiful, sunny Chicago, Illinois. Joining me now, I have Conrad Sam and Gina Guzman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Great to see you. Conrad, welcome. It is Always a pleasure to see you, Guy. And you know what? You have not spent as much time with Gina as I have over the last few days. And we have talked a lot about growing a law firm, which is like, wow, maybe we should be talking about growing a law firm in, uh, on the podcast. Can't wait to do it. So before we get to growing a law firm, tell us a little bit about yourself. Gina, where do you work? What do you do? What's up? What's going on in Gina's world? You bet. So I'm Gina Guzman. I am the CEO and managing partner of the Guzman Law Firm. We are based in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota. I founded the firm back in 2009, and we have been one of the fastest growing law firms in the country. And I'm proud to say as of 2022, we are now officially the largest woman-owned law firm in the Midwest. That is fantastic. Congratulations. That's awesome. Nice job. Thank you. Conrad, what are you doing these days? I making being friends. Grumpy. I'm making friends at at ABE Tech Show one at a time. I've made three friends so far, and I'm really really happy with that. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, for me, it's a good tra- good track record. No, so Gina and I have been talking about the growth of her firm, right? And one of the things, and I, I bet you get this too, Guy, is as you talk to firms who have successfully figured it out, it actually opens your eyes into how your other clients are performing, and and that's certainly been my case talking to Gina. Cool. Um, so let's talk about growing a firm. Yeah. And uh, you also both presented a session on this topic, right? We presented on marketing mm-hmm. and we started off with the importance. And, and I think, unfortunately, at the end of Q1 is the wrong time to have this conversation. But we started with the importance of understanding where you want to go with a firm. Like, what is your objective? Are we trying to get to $4 million? Are we trying to get 75 matters a month? Are we trying to hire a new attorney or open an office in Bismarck, North Dakota? Whatever it might be, Bismarck's in North Dakota, right? I was just, I was just making sure I didn't offend all the North Dakotans who listen to the Well, pod. you know, as a Pacific Northwesterner, you're just like, it's Seattle and then a bunch of farms south and of, then New York. South of Seattle, it's California and yeah, then right. New York is to the right. right. You're just as bad yeah. as a New Yorker. You're just the opposite side. Um, no, but so, so understanding where you want to go with this and then having a plan to get there, like yeah. it's, an, it's a duh, but most law firms don't do it. And yeah. I think, Gina, talk to me about why or how you brought that kind of discipline and process to your firm from what at least you're saying was the early, early days. It was. So I started the Guzman Law Firm with a business plan. And people often ask me, what has made you successful? And I will say it's because I run the law firm like a business. We have a business structure. And while we're professionals and we're definitely attorneys governed by the rules and the practice of law, we operate the firm like a business. And it starts with having a business plan and then regularly updating that business plan. As a CEO, it's my job to cast the vision, share it with the whole team, and then make sure that we're all flying in the same direction. And you can't have a great marketing plan if you don't have a business plan because your marketing plan supports your business plan. You have to know where you want to go before you can make a plan on how you're going to get there. 
What a concept. A law firm is a business. Oh my goodness. This is so refreshing. You introduced yourself as the CEO and I don't, I mean, think, dear listener, think to yourself, do you think of yourself as the CEO of a law firm? And most of you think of yourself as a head lawyer or you act as the head lawyer. Right. So all honesty, Gina, at the very beginning, you honestly had and sat down and wrote a business plan. Absolutely. I started with the business plan and then I wrote a marketing plan. And then I wrote my firm website in the first weekend, along with my employee handbook, while they were painting my first So you're office. an overachiever. I, and most of these lawyers out there are hearing this, and they're going to be like, so let's go back before you started your law firm. Yeah. Were you, did you have a background in business? Like, how did you get Where do you this start knowledge? Like, because most of these lawyers that are listening right now, they're like, well, Gina's like a unicorn, right? Like, she's out there. She must have an MBA and all this stuff. So tell us about what was your background before you started your firm? I'm a farmer's daughter. So my dad's a farmer, my mom was a housewife, and I grew up in Iowa in that capacity. My dad wore his big deal boots when he was going to do a big deal. So I will say I did get a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit from my parents. Love that. And I absolutely credit them. I wrote a book a couple years ago called Worth It. You can read all about that. Um, But from there, I went to business school. I did go to University of Nebraska. I studied business, and I loved the entrepreneurship program and those classes. And when they said, form a company, I was like, what does that mean? How do you do that? I wanted to know how. And that's really what drove me to go to law school. It was then at law school where I was like, ooh, this practice of law thing is fun, and I can be part of a lot of different clients' companies if I'm a partner in a law firm and help them achieve their goals. It then went on became a partner in a law firm, but I realized I want to run this like a business, use those business concepts and apply them to the practice of law and get everybody going in the same direction. Let's be a team as a law firm and have everybody wear the different hats that we need and really make it all happen and come together. So I had that vision and that's really what propelled me forward. Very cool. And you know, the other thing too, and I think this is be because again, I'm thinking about all these lawyers that are listening to this and they're like, oh, see, we were right. Gina's got an MBA. She went to business school. But I, you know, our experience, um, and I'd be really interested to hear what you, because you know a lot of lawyers too, um, you don't need an MBA to do this kind of stuff, right? And so uh, let's talk about some of the basic stuff. So we talked about a business plan. You know, the one that always comes up too from a marketing perspective is like, how do we decide on a budget? Like how much money we should be spending on marketing? Should we be doing it ourselves? Um, talk to the lawyers that are like, okay, I'm convinced I need to start treating my practice more like a business, but I'm not going to go back and get an MBA. What kind of questions should I be asking and making these decisions about how to spend money or like what I should be doing to actually like move this plan forward? Step one is you have to actually have a budget right. for your law firm. <laughs> Another a shocker, right? It is. You can't talk about your marketing budget. We're losing budget. listeners <laughs> by the moment. I'm sorry, but budgeting is a key thing. You have to have an idea of what are you going to spend and then what do you... Plan with, start with your revenues. Everybody loves to think about revenue, right? Okay, how many, if you're a traditional law firm and you're working on billable hours, how many billable hours do you have capacity for this next year? What's your average rate? Do some basic multiplication. Or whatever your fee arrangement is, you can kind of come up with something and play with your revenue number. Okay, what do you think is realistic? We actually always put together two different ones. We have our goal. And then I have my play it safe number, and that's what I actually budget Wait, you, you engage in professional sandbagging? <laughs> and wait a minute here. You know, we've got a lot of things going on. We've got math is going on. Um, and for uh, listeners, revenue, that's money coming into your firm, just for those that um, that might be a new term for it. Yes. And from that revenue, though, and this is probably one of the big takeaways that came from this morning, is your marketing spend a lot of times is get a cut of your profit. That's right. Yeah. And 
that's why I think a lot of law firms don't market because they want to put it all in their pocket. Right. And we have reinvested at Guzman in a tremendous amount in the brand of the firm, the marketing of the firm, and hiring additional lawyers to the firm because they take a while to repay as well. They don't just instantly come in and start making money on month one. It, there's a slow ramp up period there. So all the things that you need to do to grow as a business, they're investments. And if you don't think of them as investments, you're not going to make them. It's, you know, it's, it's so funny because, you know, the three of us are like, we know this stuff. Um, but I, th- you know, I try to give, always try to give analogies and it's like the best investment you can make is in yourself and your business. If you're a business owner, right? Like if you talk to a lot of lawyers, they'll be like, yeah, I've got money in an index fund. I'm saving for retirement. I'm maybe they're buying stocks. The return on those investments is not going to be as good as investing in yourself. If you're going to be the business owner, like you got to treat it like an investment. Unless you're a garbage lawyer. Or, or uh, sadly, you're just you know, not thinking like a business owner. That's yeah. the big issue. Like, of course, it's table stakes to be a good lawyer, though, right? I mean, you can't, if you're not a good lawyer, you're going to not be in business for very long, right? I think it's very similar to investing in your education. And every lawyer did that. We made a huge investment ah, to get that law degree. Great analogy. I and like that. Better than mine. I want to keep going with that investment. I still invest in my training and development today. It's not like I graduated from law school and I do my minimum CLEs. I'm a member of Vistage and Vistage is a CEO board. And I go and I take one day a month to learn and grow so that I can continue to raise the thinking of my whole organization. Because I'm the lid on my firm. If I'm not growing and developing, the whole firm is stagnant. That's right. And you're here at Tech Show to uh, both share your knowledge and also learn. Absolutely. And for the people that are listening to this as well, you're investing in your learning and growth. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to ask a completely different question. Completely different tack. We talked about branding and positioning. Um, I have run into, at Tech Show, a number of very successful female-run law firms. How much of that has built into your branding and positioning, and how much of it hasn't? How much has that been a non-factor entirely? I would say it was a non-factor entirely probably for the first eight years. Okay. I actually didn't promote that necessarily because my number one client and their persona is CEO Charles. And CEO Charles, he is a owner, most likely, of a business, mid-sized company. He's probably been there for 25 years, um, has a boat, likes to hunt, um, maybe a small airplane. Do you have a small airplane? Do you like to hunt? No, I don't. (laughs) And at 32, when I started the firm, I had none of these things. And I did use that as a little bit of a differentiator, right? Like, okay, I'm your lawyer. We are very different. And so I would embrace the fact of who I am. I'm not hiding who I am. But I didn't necessarily promote we are a woman-owned law firm. And now we are part of NAMWF, the National Association of Minority and Women-Owned Law Firms. And that investment in that organization, which has taken about seven years, I would say, is starting to actually pay dividends back to the firm now because we're getting bigger clients that have diversity as a key value. Mm -hmm. And by investing in NAMWOLF, which you don't just join and sign up, you have to build relationships, uh, that is starting to come back to us and promoting that we're a woman-owned firm. And you said that has taken time. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not a, I'm going to you know, put a quick PPC ad budget together and expect some return tomorrow. No, not at all. And it doesn't come that way in any respect. And I would also say it's only now in 2022 that it's like cool to be a minority woman-owned law firm. That's a recent development. Prior to now, I wouldn't have promoted it like we do today. Right. Really good point. Um, I think the other thing too, I wanted to come because we just kind of casually 
uh, because Gina is a unicorn, uh, we casually throw things around. But think about this, listeners. Gina's talking about client personas, right? She's thinking about who the people are that she's trying to attract as clients and then building her messaging around that client persona uh, to attract those types of clients. And again, if you're, if you're sitting there at home right now and you're practicing law, uh, ask yourself, are you attracting the types of clients? Who are your target clients, right? Like, are you even thinking about it? And, you know, we talk about this in the personal injury space all the time is, well, anybody who's hurt, and it's like, is that right? Is, it re- is that really who, what your, who your target client is? And then you start, you got to dig a little deeper, right? You got to really start building out these personas. But I think that's a really valuable thing for people to be thinking about. Go look up client personas and trying to attract your ideal client because your marketing needs to be built to uh, answer the questions and then solve the problems of those, uh, that target audience. Absolutely. And we have a group that does finance and banking work. We often will joke and laugh that we can't put up a billboard and the bank president's going to call us. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. We can't do pay-per-click for the bank president to call us. So I wish we could. I actually think I'd be better at figuring that kind of marketing out. I could just hire you guys and boom, done. But I I think you really need to know who are your personas because there's different types of marketing that you're going to do in your plan once you know, again, who you're going after. Uh, Are you sponsoring a golf tournament? Because there's a lot more bank presidents at that golf tournament than there are floating around um, looking at my billboard. Super valuable stuff. Uh, thank you both so much uh, for this conversation. Tech show attendees are very lucky to have attended this session. Uh, really valuable stuff. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up, how can they find you, Gina? Goosemanlaw.com. Awesome. Conrad? Yeah, you, you and I share unique names. If you can't find Guy or Conrad uh, online, we're not doing our jobs correctly. That's true. And also check out Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. And also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Guy Sakalakis. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh